Chapter 17, Jordan's Lesson Plan Leaf was almost more impressive in the light when he had you cornered. At least a foot taller than most of the students, Leaf looked more like a visiting football celebrity come to lecture the kids on the dangers of steroids. His long, straw-like hair covered most of his face, and his arms seemed to float out at his sides as if preparing for flight. Next to him, Danny looked like a sixth grader. They had to be the strangest pair ever to walk the halls of Cross High. What would possess a tiny, loud-mouthed kid to team up with a backwoods hick the size of a minivan? Even if Danny did enjoy a certain protection, surely Leaf would expect some sort of symbiotic relationship. Did Danny pick and eat his fleas or something? Leaf stared at Nix with a look of vacant surprise. Danny grinned. Nix took a small step toward the door. Leaf wasn't exactly muscular, but if he could kick a girl into a six-foot hole, he probably wouldn't hesitate to smash her face into the tile floor, although it would be a lot harder to get away with something like that at school. Oops, Nix said with an attempt at a casual smile. Wrong bathroom. Leaf's eyes narrowed. Oh dear. It seemed Nix had been a little optimistic. The gorilla had identified the target and was moving in, but to Nix's surprise, he lumbered past her and out into the hall. Had he gone out to guard the door to make sure they weren't interrupted? Or perhaps he was gathering students to witness the dits emerging from the boys' bathroom? If it isn't Fatty McFatterson, said Danny. So, how'd you get out of that grave? Nix noticed he was keeping his distance. Wimp. Without his meat shield, small fry didn't dare get too close. Nix longed to stuff his tiny head in a toilet, but that wouldn't go over well if Leaf was waiting for her outside. The police got me out, Nick said. Danny's expression darkened. I didn't tell on you. They think I fell in. As much as she wanted to see the thugs get in trouble, surviving high school with all her limbs attached was a top priority. Smart. The second wolverine growl sounded and Danny strode to the door. And you better stick to that story, unless you want my friend to put you in the hospital. Nix gave him a sarcastic thumbs up. One day she'd get that kid away from his babysitter and twist his ears off. Of course, then she'd have to change her name and move to Alaska. On the way out, Danny said, Nice face. That's your Halloween costume? The door closed behind him, and Nix looked at her reflection in the mirror. He was right. She looked ridiculous. It was the first time Nix had secretly used her mother's makeup. The mascara and blush did make her look different. Wasn't that the whole idea? She'd completely forgotten about it until Danny's comment. Now she realized what a mistake it had been. The final wolverine growl sounded. Even if there had been a crowd waiting for her outside the door, they'd have to be in class now or suffer the vice principal's wrath. Nix got the water as hot as she could stand and filled her eyes with soap. For several minutes, she scrubbed at her eyes and cheeks, trying to erase any evidence of her lapse in judgment. When she'd finished, she looked like a raccoon. That darn stuff was harder to get off than she'd expected. Although she was able to lighten it up by scraping her eyes raw with a paper towel, in the end, it still looked like she'd been in a fight. What could she do? She thought about ditching, but they'd surely call her mother. And anyway, Nix had to talk to Sarah. She grabbed her bag and peeked into the hall. Empty. She found her classroom quickly, but paused before opening the door. Her best bet was to pretend like nothing was out of the ordinary. Maybe if someone asked, she could tell them she had an eye disorder. She pulled the door open with confidence, as if she'd meant to be late all along. The class stopped their ruckusing long enough to identify Nix as a non-faculty member, then went back to their conversations. The teacher's desk sat vacant. Nix found Jordan at the back of the classroom. He moved his backpack so she could sit down. Sorry I didn't meet you outside, he said. I came early to make sure we got three seats together. 
Three? I'm not that fat. Jordan smiled. Tiago changed his schedule so he could take first period with us. Nix liked the way he said us. Maybe this three-friend thing was going to work out. So where is he? Nix asked. Dunno, he said he'd catch a ride with his... Holy cow, what happened to your face? Not so loud. Nix felt the blood rush into her neck and start spotting her forehead. Did your mom do that when she found out you'd been lying to her? Jordan whispered. No, she doesn't even know yet. This was a little makeup disaster. Oh. Jordan looked relieved and confused at the same time. Is my face all red? Not really. You want me to give it a couple good slaps? Nix returned the smile. It was impossible to be uptight around Jordan. Surveillance ad guy replied to her email, he said with a grimace. Said the positions were already filled, but he would contact us if another opportunity arose. There was more than one position? Flip, I should have listened to my mom. Jordan made a face. Never heard that come out of your mouth. Speaking of Patricia, how'd it go last night? You set the bat loose? Before Nix could expound on the previous night's bat fiasco, the classroom door opened, and suddenly she couldn't remember her own name. She thought she had gotten over wanting to be part of the popular crowd. She'd finally accepted the fact that she'd always be on the outside looking in. But when Tiago walked into the classroom, his shaggy hair gelled into a stylishly disheveled masterpiece, his golden brown skin contrasting magnificently against his glowing teeth, and his brilliant white t-shirt, Nix's only desire was to be one of them. If she were one of the gorgeous chosen few, she would be worthy of Tiago Padilla. The realization that she'd never be a girl who could remotely interest him brought a pain that nearly ripped her in half. Now she remembered why she'd made the decision to stop trying to fit in, to stop hoping. It was much too painful to dream. Once she accepted her rightful place, it was easier. Not any less depressing, but easier. Jordan waved him over and Nix took a few breaths. Calm down. Pretend he's your cousin or something. What's up, man? Tiago sat on Jordan's other side. Hi, Nix. Nix nearly slid out of her seat. Luckily, she caught herself on the edge of the chair and even managed to squeak of salutation. No teacher, Tiago asked. This close, Nix noticed rosy patches under his cheekbones and a thin shimmer of sweat along his temples. Jordan slouched. Guess not. The classroom was getting progressively louder. If the teacher delayed any longer, they'd be in riot stage. Nix noticed with a pang of irritation that Danny and Leaf were among those at the far end of the room. Could she not get away from them for a minute? Leaf swung a small student by the feet, while Danny laughed and said unkind things about the boy's stature. Nix felt bad for the victim, whom she recognized from her P.E. class last year, but she wasn't about to draw attention to herself and have Leaf revealed to everyone where she spent last Thursday evening. Well, that's fabuloso, Tiago said. My brother ran two red lights and hit someone's goat just to get me here on time. He slid his brand new backpack under his chair. Even if Nix had the money, she had no idea where to get a cool backpack. Jordan sat up. He ran over someone's goat? He had the thing on a leash in the middle of the intersection. And we didn't run over the goat, we only knocked it a few hundred feet. Pretty sure it was just dazed. Jordan and Nix laughed, which caused a few students to turn from their conversations. Nix felt a thrill at being caught talking with Tiago Padilla. Her quality of life had improved substantially since Jordan came back from his grandma's. Tiago glanced at the clock. Isn't there a 15-minute rule or something? Not in this school, Jordan said. If Principal McGuckin found us in the hall, he'd remove our spleens with a number two pencil. Nix could have sat there all morning listening to them, but they had more important things to discuss. Tiago, Nix said, trying her best to sound nonchalant. Jordan and I were going to ask Sarah when her dad works. We don't think it's a good idea for her to be alone. 
at least until they catch this guy. Do the police think he might be after Sarah? Tiago asked in a low voice. Jordan glanced at Nix. Well, not really, but I guess we decided it's better to be safe than sorry. I mean, what if he was trying to kidnap her? He might try again. Actually, it's pretty obvious this guy wants something from Sarah, Nix said in an even softer voice. We've got to make sure she's not alone when he tries again. What if they never catch this guy? Tiago asked. We're going to follow her around for the rest of her life. We discussed that too, Nick said. If the police aren't going to take this seriously, we'll just have to do everything we can to try and catch him ourselves, or at least find out who he is and tip the police off, Nix added, after she saw the uneasy look on Tiago's face. I had an idea about that, Jordan said, but at that moment the sound of creaking hinges distracted him. Two dozen heads turned to watch the door open, then shut again. That was weird. After a few seconds, the knob twisted again, and this time the door stayed open. A shortish woman with enormous reddish-brown hair hobbled in, her arms full of books and a gigantic orange purse clamped between her hip and elbow. A pair of horn-rimmed glasses sat so far down her large nose they'd grown foggy from her breath. Snickering came from the back of the room along with whispered comments about a wig. Nix didn't think the teacher's hair looked fake, but it certainly would require a good-sized can of hairspray to keep it in place. The longer Nix stared, the more puzzled she grew. The woman was either confident enough not to care about the currently acceptable hairstyles, or so completely insecure she'd never had the courage to make the change from her 70s helmet head. At any rate, with her hair teased a good foot above her scalp, she certainly looked taller. Maybe that's what she was going for. Nix would never understand short people's desire to be taller. Being half a foot higher than everyone only made it harder to fit in. Most of the kids took their seats. Leaf reluctantly lowered the purple-faced boy to the ground and leaned against his desk, all eyes fixed on the teacher as she plopped her load on the desk and took a clipboard from her enormous bag. Nix had seen her around school last year, but had no idea who she was. Finally, the woman looked up at the class through her glasses and spoke. Good morning, students. Now, what am I supposed to be teaching? She spoke in a strangely high voice, almost falsetto, like she was auditioning for the part of a teenage princess. Besides a few girls giggling softly, the class remained silent. The woman peered down at her clipboard and fidgeted. Poor lady. The class grew louder as it became apparent the new teacher didn't exactly demand respect. This is U.S. government, Nick said. The blue one? She pointed to the thick textbook sitting on the teacher's desk. The woman pulled a book out from under her pile of junk, sending books and papers flying across the floor. A mousy-haired girl with an abnormally large head jumped up and retrieved them for her. I'm Polly Parker, by the way. I was just wondering how you'll be grading us, a bell curve on the traditional percentage style, or do you have your own method? Jordan rolled his eyes and mouthed, unbelievable. Thank you, Dolly, the teacher said. I'll go over grading in a minute. Polly took her seat next to Tiago with what could only be described as a curtsy. The teacher fiddled with the clipboard and stood to face the class. I'm D. I, I mean, Miss Winkle. Sorry I was late. I stopped to help a gentleman with his injured goat. Most of the class exchanged confused glances, but Jordan and Tiago turned red with silent laughter. I guess the first thing would be to seat you alphabetically so I can learn your names easier. The class groaned. She penciled in the names from the roster onto her seating chart, then directed students to their places. Leaf looked less than pleased when she pointed him to the front corner seat. A pair of girls whispered about being assigned seats in front of Tiago. Nix was assigned the desk directly behind him. She inhaled the tangy scent of his deodorant as she sat down. Whoever this Miss Winkle lady was, Nix was beginning to like her a lot. With Tiago close to her at the back of the classroom, 
it would be possible to continue their plans for Sarah's protection. The only problem was that Jordan was up on the second row. Tiago and Nix could only get so far without him. She glanced toward Jordan with a pained expression. He seemed to understand. This seating arrangement would simply not work for all the plotting they had to do this semester. Jordan raised his hand, but didn't wait to be called on. Excuse me, Ms. Winkle? I don't know if they told you, but I need to sit by Tiago Padilla. I'm his interpreter. Nick stared at Jordan. What was he doing? Next to her, someone chuckled. Everyone will sit where I sign them, Ms. Winkle replied. I'm sure Tiago speaks English just fine. Actually, he doesn't speak at all, Jordan said without missing a beat. He's deaf. No one in the classroom breathed as they watched Ms. Winkle's reaction. The teacher stood as if thinking, perhaps on which punishment would be severe enough to quell any future pranks. I mean, he reads lips a little, Jordan said, but it's easiest if I sign for him. Nick silently cursed Jordan. Why would he try something like this? Ms. Winkle would have to be a complete idiot to fall for it. Oh, I'm terribly sorry, Ms. Winkle said. They didn't mention anything about a special needs student. The class sat agog at what had just taken place. Several kids stifled laughs, but most still had their mouths hanging open. From the front of the room, Jordan made a few quick hand gestures to Tiago, who returned a few random movements and barely managed to keep a straight face. Nix felt sick with anxiety. If they got caught, they'd get detention for sure, and then they wouldn't be able to plan anything. Jordan faced the front. He says you don't need to do anything different. Just teach normally and I'll sign. I did take a sign language class in college, Ms. Winkle said, but I don't recognize any of the signs you're using. Nix cringed. The game was up. Polly Parker smiled self-righteously. Jordan faltered, but only for a second. That's because Tiago's from Spain. He actually learned European sign language. A few students couldn't hide their squeals of hilarity, yet somehow Ms. Winkle didn't seem to notice. She stared intently at Tiago as if contemplating what a courageous boy he was. Polly stood. Ms. Winkle, Tiago and Jordan are just... Would you like me to show you a couple of signs? Jordan asked before sending a warning glare in Polly's direction. Just a couple basics so you can communicate with him? The idea of communicating with such a striking young man seemed to appeal to Ms. Winkle. Okay, if you think it would make him feel more comfortable. Jordan came to the front and proceeded to demonstrate common European signs. Meanwhile, Polly muttered something about feeling sick and stormed out of the room. Nix couldn't remember a class that had been more fun. The big blue book lay forgotten on the desk as Jordan stood at the front demonstrating sign after sign, each more ludicrous than the last, evoking the most laughter from Daniel Fry. Only Leaf sat stone-faced, even angry-looking, as if he didn't consider anything fun unless it involved someone getting stitches. Or maybe it was because Jordan had slipped the seating chart off the teacher's desk, and among other names he had changed Leaf Bowers to Loaf Bowels. Every time the teacher would call on one of them to try a sign, the class would wait expectantly to hear the name change and roar with laughter at the good ones. The funniest thing was that Ms. Winkle seemed to think she was the one being so entertaining and began to get downright slap-happy. With every sign, Nix feared it would be too much, that Ms. Winkle would finally realize they were making a fool of her, but it seemed Nix gave her too much credit. Now tell him I'll teach him one of our American signs, Ms. Winkle said. Her large hair swayed from side to side, like one of Mr. Dibble's taco hats. Jordan pretended to relay the message. It might come in handy if you need assistance from any ASL speakers, Ms. Winkle continued. You make a thumbs up and then bring your other palm underneath and lift it. It means help. Tiago made the motion, and Ms. Winkle actually came over to his desk to make sure he was doing it correctly. The rest of the class tried it as well. 
no doubt pleased that the United States government had been so thoroughly forgotten. Jordan showed them a few other motions, including the European sign for help, which was clutching your throat with one hand and patting yourself on the back with the other. Despite her anxiety, even Nix laughed at that one. She stopped abruptly when Polly Parker, now Polly Pucker, re-entered the room wearing a pleased expression. Class fell silent. Jordan, who was in the middle of a rather awkward sign, supposedly representing boyfriend, turned a nasty shade of yellow. Even Ms. Winkle's face betrayed a flash of panic. There, behind Polly, his eyes sparkling with fury, stood Vice Principal McGuckin. Mm -hmm.